on today's episode of I Didn't Say That, Joe Mentum. Ugh, Joe Mentum. It's over. Let's go! All right, just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Freedom First. Before we get started, you can check out their shirts at freedomfirst.co. And not only do they have a logoed shirt for our podcast, but they're also running a St. Patty's Day sale. All of their evergreen shirts are $17, so you should go check it out. And you can still use our coupon code if you haven't used it yet. So that's didn't say, all one word, no apostrophe. So you could get like double deal. Exactly. And make sure to check them out on Instagram at freedomfirst.co. Freedomfirst.co. I said Instagram. I didn't say Twitter. Instagram. Good job. Yeah. All right. So Super Tuesday happened. It's over. My predictions were horrendous. Yeah. We're not even going to go by them step by step. We just, we can conclude that I was totally off. Well, I think a lot of people were off. I think a lot, everyone was off. I don't think anyone expected Joe Biden. It really wasn't until the morning of Super Tuesday when all of a sudden everyone kind of looked at the polls and there was the smattering of information coming out being like, hey, look, um, all of these tracking polls are all of a sudden like showing 10, 15 point bumps for for joe biden um especially i think the morning console poll was the one that that stuck out the most where all of a sudden joe biden was in a 10 point lead nationally um and it's 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 all due to just so there's a couple ways i look at this one you can look at it as awesome at least the whole country doesn't want socialism i feel a little better about the state of this country or two all the Democrats are lemmings who never made up their mind, and then the media told them that Joe Biden was the one, and they all went and voted for him. Or three, uh, the DNC rigged it so that Joe Biden would win. Yeah, well, that's the thing I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious about, where Joe Biden has been in the public spotlight for 50 years. Say 50 years at this point. And the Democrat electorate did their candidate shopping during the fall and during the winter. And you could see that there are different points where candidates peaked. Warren peaked at one, you know, Warren was leading at one point or, you know, might've been considered the front runner at one point. Kamala Harris was up there. Beto had his moment. Pete had his moment. Um, You know, Bernie has always been up there kind of going back and forth with Joe, but Joe started off high and then just sort of just fell off as people did the shopping. And it's kind of weird to see that, like, I think it speaks volumes about the quality of the candidates and something that we've been pointing out for months, which is that this is not an impressive group of people. And Democrats kind of saw the same thing and looked at it and said, geez, we have we have thought about everyone. And the guy who doesn't even know where he is at any given point in time, we're just going to go with him. We're just going to go with him because of his name. It reminds me a lot of 2004, a little bit, the last time Hitler was up for re-election. <laughs> his name was George W. Bush back then. And, uh, you know, Democrats kind of did the same thing. And it looked like at one point that Howard Dean was going to be the nominee and John Edwards could be the nominee. And then they kind of just settled on, well, you know, John Gary, the next man up. 
You know, just the guy that's like, well, you know what? This is his time. There's not really a better option. Let's just go with John Kerry. I kind of feel like Joe Biden is just kind of like a older, less impressive version of John Kerry, if you will. So I think the craziest thing to look at is the vote totals. Yep. So you've been diving into this. I went and made a giant spreadsheet because no one has it all lined up, which is super annoying. So I'm comparing the total number of votes in the 2016 Democratic primary to the total number of votes in the 2020 Democratic primary. And for the most part, most states are up. Not by a lot, by like a couple thousand, 10,000. But the craziest number is in California, which is what? The bedrock of the Democratic Party. 5,084,993 people voted in the 2016 Democratic primary. And guess how many voted in 2020? 2,947,512. So they are missing 2 million votes. So not only are they missing 2 million Democratic votes, you might ask, how many people voted in the 2016 Republican primary in California? Well, I'm so glad you asked because the number is 2,188,201. So compared to the 5 million the Dems got in 2016, it's pretty dwarfed to be expected. In the 2020 Republican primary, there were 1,570,960 votes cast in a primary that didn't really matter. So they only they got half as many vote. They had half as many votes as the Democrats, but their primary isn't even contested. Maybe, I just, may, maybe Californians have just given up on voting. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> Two million? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's 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 pretty crazy that that it would that it would be that that different. I think it's because no one's excited. Yeah, I think that that's I think that that's a large part of it. I mean, it, Democrats are going to point to Virginia, where Virginia had you know like double the turnout as last time. Um, um Virginia. Yeah, look at Virginia. Democrats technically had more Democrats turnout, but when you add together, no, the Democrat votes between twenty sixteen and twenty twenty in Virginia. I know, but I think Republicans went and voted. This time around? No. Okay. Hold on, folks. Maxis keeps interrupting me, so he's not hearing my numbers. <laughs> Shocker. I got to rearrange. He has the same spreadsheet in front of him, so I don't know why this is so difficult. But if you look. Because you're the keeper of the keys. Yes. Okay. So in 2020, Virginia didn't hold a primary. They didn't hold a primary for the Republicans this year. So there is no vote count. So if you look at the total number of ballots cast in 2016, which is I moved over here, which was annoying. My point, my point being is that Democrats have been pointing to the difference in their totals between 2016 but and 2020. I'm trying to prove to you why that doesn't freaking matter. So give me a second. OK, here. This is why it doesn't matter. The total number of people, period, who voted in Virginia across both when you combine the Democratic and the Republican primary is 1,807,000, okay? Mm -hmm. This year, 
1,319,000 voted the Democrat. No one voted the Republican. So I'm sure a lot of Republicans came over and just did chaos or voted because they wanted to vote. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. <clears throat> yep. No doubt. No doubt. Same thing happened in New Hampshire this time around. That's why we had a record turnout. That's why we were so pumped in New Hampshire that we hit like over 300,000 because a lot of Republicans and independents who otherwise would have voted for, you know, would have gone to the Republican primary, just voted Democrat. And then also it should be noted that Trump blew away the Obama and Bush vote totals in New Hampshire as well. Um, as he's been doing, he's just been like running up the score in all these places, just breaking all sorts of records in terms of like the uh, the record, a number of votes that an incumbent is getting in all of these states. Because you're right, none of this is really being contested. Um, so don't let the mainstream media fool you. There is no reggae turnout. Just people that only had one thing to vote on. Yeah, they, they, I mean, that's the kind of, that's the message that they're trying to push is that there is a lot of enthusiasm for it. But I think it speaks... I think it speaks volumes that they are about to nominate a candidate who basically hasn't run a campaign. I mean, Joe Biden really hasn't run a campaign. Like he hasn't had, he never visited Arkansas, a state he won last night. Um, he didn't like have any like, field offices in Minnesota, so Amy Klobuchar gave him all of hers. Um, I just want to give you one more number. Okay. Keep going with the numbers. Only one million more people voted across all of Super Tuesday in the Democratic primary than did in 2016. So they're up a million. But this is an uncontested on the Republican side. So there's plenty of people. I'm sure there's a million people that crossed over and voted in the Democrat between all those states. Yep. Yep. So don't let them fool you. Just yep. saying. No, I agree. I think it's I think it's very difficult to see that there's a lot of enthusiasm now. I mean, there's obviously enthusiasm for Bernie, but that's the same 25 to 30 percent of the Democrat electorate um, as it always been. He's really the only one that has enthusiasm. Does he, though? Because in 2016 in California, he got 2.3 million votes and this year he only got a million. We're still waiting for all of California. We'll see how we'll see how it shakes out. But like yeah, it looks like it's, tre it's trending under. It's trending. It's definitely trending under. And a lot of people are can mail in same day and all that. So it's still. But point point taken. Point. No, I think it's I think it's a good point that this sort of this myth of this like engaged Democrat electorate I think is popping up in a couple of is you know kind of you know not really showing itself to pop up in more than just you know a handful of places here and there. Um, Right, and let's see, Bernie, let's see, down in California, up in Texas, down in North Carolina, up in Virginia, down in Massachusetts, up in Minnesota, but they, that doesn't really count, Colorado's up, but they were a caucus, Tennessee, barely up, Alabama, down, Oklahoma, way down, Arkansas, down, Utah, about the same. Maine is weird. I think I have the wrong numbers for 2016, because they, they don't make any sense. And then in Vermont, He's down. Well, that was the interesting thing about Vermont last night was that in 2016, Bernie got all the delegates. He went 16 for 16 in delegates. Last night, Biden cracked 15%. He yeah. got some delegates from Vermont. So in Vermont last year, he got 115,000 votes. This year, only got 80,000. Yep. So yeah, I think there certainly is something to be said about that. I think that's a really good play. I think that's a really good point you made right there, Katie, is that even, even with Bernie, we're not seeing the same amount of enthusiasm or the same amount of... Um, um, you know, 
us against the world type mentality that his, he needs his supporters to have in order to pull this off. Um, I, I, I mean, I think it's pretty much over. Um, you know, Bloomberg dropped out this morning. Elizabeth Warren, for some reason, is still in. I thought she dropped out. No, they're reassessing. Oh, give me a break. She's I, probably like, I got a delegate. I got some delegates. She's got some delegates. Tulsi's got a delegate. Tulsi, I think, technically qualifies for the next debate. How? Because she got a delegate. You don't. You only need a delegate. A delegate. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Um, I think that's. I think that's pretty interesting. That could be. That could be really interesting if they let Tulsi Gabbard on the stage. I doubt the DNC is going to let her do it, but they'll just look really foolish if they don't. Um, is Elizabeth Warren Joe Biden's most effective campaign tool right now? Because <laughs> she's splitting the socialist vote. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, let's think about it. And I've kind of been viewing all of her actions for the past week, week and a half, through this lens of does Elizabeth Warren want to see Joe Biden be the nominee? And I have to conclude, yeah. Number one, she neutered Mike Bloomberg on stage. I mean, she absolutely dismantled him in front of the entire country, not once, but twice. Um, and dealt a, a glancing blow to Chris Matthews as well. Got into a confrontational argument uh, with, with, with it got into a little bit of a confrontation during an interview uh, with him and basically hit him with the, uh, hey, you're on MSNBC. You have to believe every woman's story. Um, that's real nice. Um, so so she takes out Bloomberg, the main moderate rival to Joe, and hugs herself to Bernie. And then when all of the moderates drop out, who have just as likely, just the same numbers as her, frankly, just as likely have a path to the nomination as Elizabeth Warren does at this point, Warren stays in, hugs herself to Bernie, and siphons off ten, hundreds of thousands of votes for Bernie Sanders across the country. Votes that could have made the difference, especially in places like Massachusetts, especially in places like Maine, especially in a place like... You know, do you wonder maybe Minnesota goes the other way? Maybe, maybe Oklahoma, you know, some of these kind of tighter states. Texas would have been an interesting one. Some of these kind of closer calls between Biden and Sanders, you know, and then you have a different narrative coming out um, of last night if, if Elizabeth Warren is in it. So I've, I've, I've all of a sudden kind of gone back and been like, whoa, um, yeah, um, Elizabeth Warren definitely is, you know, kind of Bernie's most important surrogate at this point, um, which is pretty funny. But it looks like Joe Biden's got this kind of thing. It's going to, Bernie's going to continue to fight it out for a little bit, but I think the writing is kind of on the wall here, unless Joe Biden, you know, truly has to make an epic campaign blunder between now and the, uh, you know, in the next couple of contests. And I think his campaign is going to do what they figured out is the smartest thing to do, which is keep him away. Keep him away from microphones. Keep him away from television cameras. Because the more Joe Biden speaks, the more his poll numbers have gone down. The less Joe Biden speaks, the more his poll numbers go up. Um, 
because the only way he wins is if they somehow can the media somehow convinces the electorate that you know i don't even know at this point i don't understand how anyone you have to actually be an irrational person to watch donald trump make a speech or do a rally and then watch joe biden do the same and think that trump's the idiot like well that's kind of what i don't understand well that's kind of what i was getting into last night as we were watching this and my jaw was hitting the floor that the democrats are actually that like joe biden is going to be the nominee of a major political party in this country like i think that just speaks volumes about democrat politicians in this country today and i think it speaks volumes about the democrat country that was crying out for a person of color or a woman to lead the ticket and they looked at all of them who were uh available and said we're just going to go with the old white moderate guy um he's not going to energize anyone but this is what we were taught what i was talking about last night is that i can't think of another politician except for maybe john mccain who has been consistently wrong for 50 straight years. And I mean wrong on everything. Joe Biden doesn't have an overarching philosophy in life. He doesn't have an overarching political philosophy. He's just a backslapper. Hey, how are you? I'm Joe. You know, I'm the local boy who did good. That's his shtick. His shtick isn't policy. His shtick isn't making things for the better. He is simply there to do whatever special interest walks into his office and hands him a big fat check and says, hey, Joe, just do this. That's what he does. That's Joe Biden's purpose in the Democrat Party. But this is what the media and the establishment want. Like, this is the best case scenario for them, because if he wins, he's just a puppet and they do whatever they want without anyone knowing. I mean, we'll know. Uh, or he loses and they don't really care because he's a crap candidate anyway. And anyone's probably going to lose to Trump because he has such high approval ratings and he's doing so well and the economy is booming that they don't want to sacrifice someone who they think could actually do well in four years. Yeah, I know that Rush was doing the whole sacrificial lamb idea. I have always he thought he was on. the sacrificial lamb, right? Because... I'm like, who, like, he has no fire in his belly, as people like to say. Like, he he doesn't seem to want this at all. So, like, who put him up to it? And my reasoning was either, one, they get him up there so he wins, he has, he slugs through the primary, and then he goes, oh, I don't want it, and they give it to Michelle or Hillary or somebody else so that they don't have to go through the primary process, or they just use him as a figurehead so that the deep state can just do whatever they want. Exactly. It's the same. he's there. It's the same people who have been making billions and billions and billions of dollars off of these stupid wars we keep finding ourselves in. I mean, Joe Biden has been on the wrong answer of every single fiscal policy for the past 50 years. Our generation is being saddled with over $22 trillion in debt, a Social Security system that we'll never see a dime of. We'll never see a dime of the taxes we put into Social Security. Um, I mean, how many tens of thousands of lives in our generation have been have been either ended or you know permanently transformed by the iraq and afghanistan wars and joe biden 
has been on the side of all of these terrible things that our generation is going to have to pass down, is going to have to deal with. And the Democrat Party thinks that young people, millennials, people under the age of 35 are going to vote for Joe Biden, who's got us into this terrible mess. I mean, he complains of all of these ills in society. Joe, what have you pos- what have you done? You've been in charge. You've had the power to do things. And you haven't done a single thing. And now you're talking about this is the moment where America heals and, you know, you know, finally, you know, we're going to be able to fix the things that are going wrong in this country. You've had 50 years to do it. You've been doing nothing. The decisions that Joe Biden has made has made the lives of millions, tens of millions of Americans worse. And especially our generation going forward. You want that to go up against Donald Trump, who has ushered in record low unemployment rates, record low Hispanic unemployment rates, record low black unemployment rates, an economy that keeps going, a record stock market, a record bull market for the stock market Donald Trump has continued on. I mean, Donald Trump has made people's lives better. Joe Biden doesn't even know what he's running for. Senate. He is simply running to collect a check from whatever special interests he feels the closest to, slash will give him the most money, or will give his son the most money. Um, By the way, in one week, Hunter has to answer questions has to testify under oath in Arkansas court. Yeah. So that's going to be really fun. Um, stay tuned for, stay tuned for that episode next week. Um, the only thing that's left, the unknown is who Biden picks for his running mate. There is some special. I'm assuming Harris. I'm assuming Kamala Harris. Max is like very on this Harris train. I think it's going to be Kamala Harris, and there's an outside shot that it's Stacey Abrams, but it's going to be a woman of color. I don't know where you get that from. Uh, I've seen online some people throwing out Hillary because then he gets elected and goes, oh, that's right. I have really bad dementia, and I am not fit to be president. Sorry, y'all. Gotta go. And then, boom, Hillary's president. Yeah, hand it over to the woman with dementia. That's a great idea. <laughs> um, I, I just I just can't see how the Democrat Party is going to allow him to nominate like a Tim Kaine. Oof. Or like a Beto. Oof. Or Mayor Pete. Biden Buttigieg. Oof. Not happening. Maybe that's what Warren's holding out for. Biden Warren? Yikes. Maybe it'll be Klobuchar. Karen. Biden Klobuchar. I mean, can you think of a, like, more terrible ticket? But again, sacrificial lamb. I couldn't think of a ticket that would be... Do Democrats even want to be on this ticket? Like, you do know it's like a dead man walking ticket. I know, right? I mean, I guess they're delusional, and they seem to think that anyone could beat Trump. Hey, in 2012, I mean, we thought Romney Ryan was going to just kick Obama right in the teeth. 
Oh, I didn't think that, but I was hoping we'd get rid of him. Well, I was hoping for it too. I mean, we were we were amped up about it. Eh, I was never amped. I've honestly never been amped about a candidate. Okay, until maybe Trump. maybe amped isn't the right word, but I think we were optimistic. Mm. I mean, would a Biden Klobuchar would a Biden Klobuchar take it get any enthusiasm? Biden anything ticket. Young people like, will stay at home. Well, young people will vote for Trump. Young people are going to stay at home anyway. No one's voting for Biden. This whole thing's rigged. I'm sorry. Well, I thought that was one of the more interesting exit polls that came out yesterday. Speaking of young people, is that only 13% of the electorate in North Carolina was under the age of like 30. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. So this idea that, you know, even Bernie's going to bring all these young people to vote. Nope, not a chance. Um, they really could care less. I just want to point out, we are watching CNN on mute. Couldn't care less. And Chris Fredo just demonstrated with some doctor on here how you shouldn't shake hands and you should just put your, like, elbow up to a person. And I'm like, do people really need a demonstration of this? I prefer French kissing. <laughs> we're not going to talk about coronavirus because we're done talking about it forever because it's ridiculous. Um, all right. Are we going to wrap it up? Do you still have more to say? I don't really have that more to say. Now I'm thinking about Biden Warren. That can be, I mean, I'm sure she's asking They're so old. Are you kidding me? No offense to anyone who's of their age. But like, they're old. Uh, Chuck Schumer threatening Neil Gorsuch and uh, Brett Kavanaugh today and getting mild-mannered Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts to actually issue a public rebuke to him being like, yo, don't do that. Exact words. That's an exact quote from John Roberts. Yo, 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 Chuck, don't do that. What was his actual quote? (laughs) uh, His actual... Sean Hannity. Trump's on Sean Hannity. Oh, right Trump's now. on Sean Hannity. That gives you an idea of when we are taping this. Well, well we're going to record over this. Hannity. I went to look. Moments away. Oh, we didn't miss it. Moments away. Oh, he's doing this old this old ploy. What do you think the chance is it if it is it is it I wonder if it's is it taped or is it is he calling in? Well, he just tweeted and said, I'll be on Hannity at 9. And then he said, I'll be on Hannity at 9.10. So I think it's live. I guess it's got to be live. Oh, I mean, he's definitely going to bleed into Ingram. He always does. He always goes long. Okay, we're going to try to wrap our thing up before his interview. Yeah, let's wrap this. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, we're, we're making this a quick episode, a tight, a tight 30. Um, you can look up the John Roberts thing that basically said it was unbecoming of a senator to, you know, use that kind of, you know, all kind of revenge language towards uh, Supreme Court justices and that while justices are used to taking that kind of heat that a sitting United States senator should should think more carefully before using the language that Schumer did. And Schumer's side basically just said, um, well, Trump uses this language towards uh, Ginsburg and Sotomayor. So, uh, John Roberts, why don't you rebuke the president before you come at me? So that's not going to be the end of the story there. Um, it all has to do with an abortion rally um, that uh, took place today. But um, 
um, I feel like that's like every day now for the Democrat Party. There's just constantly, um, they're 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 just constantly rallying about ab- ab- abortion. Um, okay, it's pretty disgusting. So, tweet of the day. Yeah, this tweet is, of the day. This was today. Go. Uh, Mini Mike quote: Three months ago, I entered the race for president to defeat Donald Trump, and then he added in, "And I failed miserably." <laughs> I just love how he's poking fun at them. But he's right. It's not that easy. Like all these, this just shows the stupidity of the people on the left. They seem to think, number one, that Trump only won because he was rich and that we're all racist and bigots and that's completely false. And number three, the most hilarious part to me of the the entire Bloomberg campaign is he is literally everything the left thinks Trump is. He's arrogant. He's condescending. He thinks... He's better than everyone else. He thinks he deserves the presidency. He thinks he's oh, entitled to it. Oh, such a massive amount. He uses his money he's, to do oh. everything. He's actually sexist. Yeah. And racist. He's like. He's, he's, yeah, there's a word for him. Michael Bloomberg's a prick. Yeah. <laughs> he's a prick. He's an actual jerk. Yep. And that pizza video yesterday. Oh, oh. God. Disgusting. He's the world's worst co-worker. You watch that pizza video. And for those who haven't watched it, he basically just starts eating directly out of the pizza box where everyone else is supposed to go and get pizza and licks his fingers and then continues to go into the box. He finds a way to double dip pizza. It was was like a double dip kind of move with pizza. It was truly bizarre. It's disgusting. It let me know that he's definitely the co-worker that microwaves fish at lunchtime. Yes. For sure. It's his world. We're living in it. Um I mean, just just revolting. Anyways, that's it. Um, I'm not sure when the next episode's going to be. We'll figure it out. Maybe Friday. Probably the weekend. Yeah, probably this weekend. Probably Saturday or Sunday. Um, but until then, see ya.